0: So I'm speaking into a pillow at the moment. <laughs>
1: As opposed to crying into one. Yeah, yeah. because, because
0: <laughs> I've moved office and it's quite tinny in this office. This is it is actually. It, yeah. Since it's a little bit echoey. So I, I'm trying to deaden the sound and I haven't got a proper, um, you know, sound booth thing. So Can't. I've just put a pillow behind it. Well, try and, try and do a very deep
1: masculine kind of intro. That'd be great. Manful. Think manful.
0: Oh, okay. I'll give yeah. it a go. Thank you. Hi, everybody. And, uh, <laughs> welcome to episode 100. I don't know. What, what episode is it? 167. 167 of the Midfaith Crisis podcast.
1: Mm-mm-mm.
0: This is me. <laughs> Manly Nick Page. and uh, No, I can't keep that I've just my throat <laughs> to
1: pieces here. Oh, where's Barry White when you need him? <laughs> Where is Bazza these days? You do days? need a Barry White filter. That's what you yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sure
0: you can download one. There's got to be one somewhere, hasn't there? <laughs> Better yeah. than
1: our whiny voices. <laughs> we'll work on that one. <laughs> I suppose
0: I could have done the, uh, you know, uh, Trailer Man. Yes, It was just a podcast. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) In a world gone mad.
1: (laughs) They didn't know what they were doing. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, look, uh, lots to get to. So Mm. um, he's Nick Page, I'm Joe Davis, by the way, Mm. in case you didn't know. (laughs) Yes,
0: the intro's got even more surreal than ever. (laughs) Anyway, how are you? Well, I'm I'm all right, really. I'm a bit bit sort of tired, a bit freaked out by everything. I, I'm missing the Olympics, aren't you? Oh yeah, I am missing the Olympics,
1: especially mm. as we did so well. I'm so unused to us having this killer instinct in sport, and suddenly we seem to have people who want to win. I know, I know. Yeah. they are probably not British, are they? I don't, I don't know. I don't know how they can be because they don't come out in their interviews and say things like, "Well, it's the taking part that matters." <laughs> 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 or or,
0: or <laughs> you know, or saying, well, he'll be disappointed with that. <laughs> yeah, usual, yeah. usual way we express utter, complete, shambolic failure. I know.
1: Yeah. No, it's been it's been extraordinary, and uh, yeah, well, well, well done them. Uh, but mm. yes, the news is less than um, cheery. I think it's fair to say.
0: <laughs> well. I don't really know how to respond to this this week because the world is on fire. <laughs> it and, does uh, appear to be. You know, I mean, if any of our listeners are caught up in any of this, our thoughts absolutely go out to you. Yes, absolutely. Um, yeah. Whether it's fire or flood or whatever other horseman of the apocalypse is riding through, you know, it yeah. uh, must be absolutely awful. Yeah. Um, but it's us, I just don't know what to do now because we're all doomed well that is certainly the backdrop
1: and we have mentioned this before and i'm glad to say that help is on its way because uh, yeah a couple of uh, good emails from listeners thank you so much for that to help us you know stay sane uh, in this insane time so Oh, yeah
0: right. well we'll we'll come on to those then uh, yeah. at at the, at the end. Um h- yeah. how are you is the question I wish to put well, to
1: you. Well I you know good I think. Yeah, good. I'm enjoying the garden but most of all I'm excited about seeing you actually seeing you in the flesh in mm. uh, 3 days time god
0: willing. So yeah, yeah
1: that's going to be good and I'm planning the menus for the day which is exciting. Yes, yeah, so I'm a more... bit
0: worried about all this actually. I know, I was going to do
1: courgette in a courgette <laughs> sauce for you <laughs> Followed by courgette ice cream
0: <laughs> See, what I like about this is that you think it's just a sort of visit, a friendly visit Whereas to Rachel it's an intervention <laughs> yeah. This is a pastoral intervention She needs the respite <laughs> yeah. You know, this is what I've come to offer You're so... joking
1: but she actually does <laughs> mm.
0: Yes, no. Looking forward to that, and uh, maybe yeah. we'll get a chance to record some bits and pieces together. We will. We should go yeah, li-
1: We should do it live from the garden, recording. I think. Oh Lord,
0: live! <laughs> what could possibly go wrong? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. What Could we say that we'd regret? Yes. Well, anyway, uh, you know, shall, shall we move on? Shall we actually get into, this, into the content?
1: Yes, let's. And I thought, let's shake things up because, y- you know, we always do the feedback first and then we do our little chats and reflections. But I thought it'd be fun this time to mix things up, finish with feedback. Uh, we've got some great feedback to, to come on to. But let's let's talk about our response to John Philip Newell. And because, uh, you know, I kind of knew as I read the book um, that, <laughs> you have quite strong views on the historicity <laughs> of the Celtic yeah. tradition. So so why don't you start and why don't you just sort yeah. of share okay. some of your concerns? Yeah,
0: Right. Well, you see, I think there's a lot of good stuff in, mm. in the book and there's mm. a lot of good stuff in the interview. My issues are about the sources, the, right. where he gets it all from. And the in a sense, the need to do that in the first place. You know, my issues are with... with the the real mix of statements and play, bits and bits so you know in the in the book he starts with um uh he looks at various what he calls celtic kind of thinkers kind of mm, you know mm, the yeah, book yeah. is called a celtic guide to listening to Our ourselves and he starts with Irenaeus of Lyon yeah who wrote a book against heresies um well he was greek mm. he wasn't celtic and he's operating you know what third century Mm. And then he goes on to talk about Bridget of Kildare mm. to talk about the feminine. Well, she was largely mythical. Mm. I mean, virtually all the stories about her are just sort of myth uh, mm. that we uh, has been an argument about whether she actually existed or whether she's a version of a a, a a pagan goddess. And then we fast forward about, you know, however many years, 500 years to John mm. um, Scotus uh, Eriugena, who I don't know much about, but sounds really interesting. Mm. Then you go forward another 1,000 years to Carmina Gedelica, which is a collection Mm. of Celtic poetry collected by um, Alexander Carmichael, I think, in the 19th century. And and it's all lumped together as if it's one thing. Yeah, as As, if it's a coherent system. As if it's a coherent system, and it Mm. isn't. Mm. There was never a coherent, unified system of Celtic uh, Christianity. And I think I've identified what I feel about this. I think Celtic Christianity, as we talk about it now... um, Celtic spirituality is the chicken tikka masala a spirituality? <laughs> it's um, it's, it's basically it's it's an invention, right? It, but it feels authentic, right? But it's yeah. a very modern invention. It's like you know, chicken tikka masala is invented. It's a British invented dish. You know, invented right. by I, th- I think the idea was invented by Bangladeshi cooks mm. in Aberdeen or somewhere. Yeah. It, 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 you would never get it in no sure you know bangladesh or india or anywhere like that you wouldn't find it um i was thinking about this because i finally found out something that's been bothering me for ages which is where does the phrase thin places come from
1: right
0: so this is an example you know people often say the celts talked about thin places yeah i do and i always felt it felt a bit odd Okay. and and the answer is they didn't um, they didn't talk about thin places. The person who talked about thin places is a person in, in John Philip Neill's book, George mm. MacLeod, who yeah. founded the Iona community. Yeah. And he just mentioned it. He he just used it as a phrase. And it seems mm. to be from there in about 1938, I think, and it seems oh. to be from there that it got taken up and has become this thing, this myth. Mm. And he was not above doing this, this thing. George MacLeod, he sort of would make statements in his newsletters about how, you know, like the wild goose was the symbol of the Holy Spirit to the Celts. Mm. And, it, and heaven knows where he got it from because it wasn't. <laughs> so, is that right? Yeah. And, and and so I think the thing is, it's it's like there's a use of sources in all this that I find quite worrying. Um, You know... um. What can I say? Like in in the book, he I don't know if he talked about it in an interview. He talked about that thing about praying until the tears come. Mm. Did you remember that in the book? Yeah, it, know, yeah. it's a um, it's a rule of monastic life. Um, mm-hmm. He says, I've got it here. He says, um, so uh, uniquely the rule of monastic life. This is on I- Iona. Instructed mm. the monks of Iona to pray until the tears come, and he yeah. uses that as a kind of inspiration for us to feel empathy and to you mm. know to, to feel that, but. Um, actually if you look at the original rule Mm. that's not really what it's about at all that's not really what it says Um, I've got the quote here the, the rule ends this is what it says it says the extent of your prayer should be until tears come the measure of your work should be to labor until tears of exhaustion come the limit of your labor or of your genuflections in the event that tears do not come should be perspiration In Mm -hmm. other words, it's not about empathy, it's about effort, it's about humiliation, it's about shame, it's about all these things. The the Celtic monasticism, which is really where we get all the Celtic stuff from, was about, um, a lot about penance. Mm. And a lot about, you know, standing in nature until it really hurt, not not enjoying... Uh right, not, a not swan, a looking... swan flying past. Yeah, okay.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so this is sort of more to do with punishment <laughs>
0: Well I, I think it was. You know, they were heavily penitential. Right. They were um very orthodox in many ways. They right. weren't sort of um you know opposed to Rome, it's just they had some different practices. So so I've got a question for you coming Gone. out of this, which is I
1: mean, you, you talk about sources, but I mean I mean are you sure of your sources? Well, in, okay. In, I mean, I mean, obviously the yeah. rule is the no, fair, rule. Yeah, absolutely
0: yeah. fair, fair question. Well, I think uh, so. What I'd like to recommend to people, if you want a sort of different view, yeah. um, read Ian Bradley's book. Uh, I think it's called "Following the Celtic Way." Now, right. Ian Bradley is an interesting guy because he wrote he wrote a book called "The Celtic Way" way back when this first mm. when everybody started first whipping out tinder whistles and and uh, jumping up and down the mm. aisles and singing all Celtic-y worship. And mm. he wrote he wrote this uh, book called The Celtic Way, which was full of praise mm. for this. And mm. and then he studied it and then he realized that actually he'd been a bit naive okay. and it wasn't like that. And so this book is actually a rebuttal to his earlier book. Oh, that's interesting. Wow. Imagine but, doing that as an author. I know. I know. I hate the idea of doing that. But, you know, <laughs> we're going to have to do it at some point. Um but the interesting thing about it is that he's very positive, actually. He brings a lot of positives mm. out at the end mm. in this book about what we can learn from this kind of Christianity. But he's really he's really overt. He he says... Um, I've got a quote here from it. He says... The concept of Celtic Christianity has essentially been an invented and reinvented construct carrying the dreams and myths of successive generations looking longingly back to a pure and primitive golden age into which Christians have projected their own dreams and their frustrations about what they have felt lacking in the church of their own Mm. times. Yeah, that's interesting. And I suppose what I ought to say here is that this is what others have done with like apostolic Christianity. Yeah. You know, they, uh, everybody does it. it. Yeah, yeah. And the everybody early church. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We talk about the early church as if uh, you know a, me- a member We're... of the early church could walk into our congregation and feel perfectly at home, yeah. <laughs> and, and they really yeah. wouldn't. Yeah. Um, so, so I think it's a good book from that point of view, and he's 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 very sound on on all the sources. I think, okay. um, and I don't mean to be to to critique. I think my biggest frustration with it, in a way is that I don't think you need it this this stuff that's the mm, problem yeah it, you don't need to what we definitely need um a new theology which i think is what yes, john philip exactly. Newell is writing about absolutely yeah and and we, we need to be not ashamed that it's new and it it has some ancient bits in it, maybe some links, but it's it's fundamentally new because we have a we need a theology that values creation. We need a theology that values women. We need a theology which values humanity. Uh, we need and a, a co- theology, and we need a Christian cosmology. And we need a Christian so we, cosmology. Yeah, yeah. We need a theology yeah, yeah. of presence and hope. All yeah. of that's really important, but it's a new theology. It's not this fake sort of Disney-fied Celtic stuff. Okay, and there's no need for mm. it. Mm. So. I just think people need to have a bit more, um, you know, self, a a bit more confidence about it in a way. Great.
1: Well, listen, thank you. No, thank you. That's all good stuff. Let's talk about, (laughs) let's talk about what we love about the book. Yes. So with with that said, and your reservations of sources and your long and well-documented feelings about... Uh, which are you know, they really are valuable about over romanticizing history
0: mm. uh,
1: which is is an interesting tendency we seem to have not just with the celtic but, mm. but with with people and everything um the early church or you know so-called saints or you know and then mm. you then you find out about their lives and discover yes, a whole yes. backstory. so with that in mind let's talk about why i found or why we found the book so good and yeah. what we found yeah. helpful yeah so can we go back to the start of the book which was this idea of deep knowing and and what you Mm. felt about that because this really has resonated me and 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 it has affected how I've been praying for this past couple of weeks really um and and I've got a question coming out of it for uh, well I'm going to ask you because John Philip Newell isn't here um but he 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 spent some time talking about we know things in the core of our being he talks about a deep knowing and everything and I I have really found that to be true. In fact, what I'd say about prayer for me recently is when I am still and really in touch with that deepest part of my being, as mm. best as I am able, um, I feel like there's a knowing about mm. how I need to be, even what I need to do mm. uh, in certain ways. But my question is... There's a difference between that kind of real strong um, inclination, intuition, sense of knowing and actually doing something. So my question is around, you know, what is the role of the Holy Spirit? Supposedly we have power. Supposedly we have power from the divine to act and to to live this kind of kingdom life. I want to know. What happens when you're still and you have this strong sense of the divine guiding you into what, how you should be, what you must do, mm. what the next good thing to do is? How do you then move to, so how do I do it? <laughs> like, Like, I know what to do, but am I going to do it? Do you see what I mean? We've talked before about the fact that you have agency. That actually mm. you are not powerless. Mm. You have power. And yet perhaps the greatest problem, and we'll, we'll get on to sin in a minute, but perhaps the greatest problem is not knowing what to do. The, the greatest problem is I just don't do it. And w- what's the movement for, you know, Christians so that they stop knowing what they should doing and actually act upon what they know? Do you well, see what I mean? There's a question yeah, about prayer okay. and power and yeah. and and I I'm I'm linking it to the Holy Spirit because I'm assuming that's our power pack, uh, our battery pack to to mm. do what we know. But then how does that work for you? And
0: Well, I think there's a few things there. I mean, I think firstly the the idea that he talked about in the interview, you know, the deep mm. knowing, the sense mm. of something being right. We know mm. this is right. Mm. Which I think is, he's, he's exactly right. That is the, you know, never mind sort of Celtic mm. stuff. The, the, the greatest rebuttal to me for original sin is a baby. Mm. Because you just know it's right. You know yeah. there's nothing yeah. evil about that thing, huh. that, that huh. thing, as I like <laughs> no, to call yeah. them. As
1: you like great. to call images of God. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Great, great <laughs> parenting. Um,
0: you know, uh, so I think there is that sense that that kind of knowledge is real knowledge. Yeah. i think we need to have confidence in that i mm. um i think uh who's it rowan williams talks about this about mystical knowledge being a kind of knowledge and it's been mm. very much downgraded recently yeah. you know because yeah. we want outside evidence and all this kind of stuff mm. but that's the basis of quakerism isn't it is it? this idea that the mm. spirit the light is in you the light yes. is in everyone yeah and mm. you do that and um and then your i think your question was about well how do we if, you know if we hear that voice as it were how do we translate that well, into doing it? Is yeah, yeah, it is
1: thing? because I'm worried that for the rest of my life,
0: yeah.
1: I can, I've got this lovely spirituality that believes Christ is in me and that I can mm. know truth and I can know the right thing. But I worry that I could live the rest of my life totally unchanged, totally not doing anything valuable or good, because even though I know what to do and perhaps i know because i've been divinely instructed or you know how to Mm. be and because i'm in touch with that so how do you actually you know move from that nice comfortable position of prayer into actually doing something about it what stops you just sitting there and going "Mm, that's good i know what to do or i know how to be
0: well what's what's (laughs) i suppose what's stopping you doing it joe what 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 is why aren't you doing that? Is it too difficult? Or yes, yes. Are we de- think... are we dealing with that problem again? Is it the old it's, it's, problem? It's that thing. I can't. I can't talk about <laughs> it publicly. The Old you issue. That. It's that old <laughs> issue.
1: No, no, no. Well, let's see. I mean, a simple thing. You maybe you're just holding someone in your heart, you know, prayerfully, mm. and you think actually, uh, you know, I I need to contact them. That you know today needs to be about contacting, and then there's another thing about you know maybe I don't know some people are on a journey, aren't they, towards eating less meat and doing as you know because they want to they want to care for the planet because of all the news we're getting. We want to do we want to live right, and and I I suppose what I have noticed in me is you know perhaps retreating for a while, spending some time in quiet, sensing what what it is I'm hearing. And just hearing the same things over and over again, and not really mm. having acted on them, yeah. And I'm I'm starting to see a pattern of inactivity. What stops me? Lethargy. It's going to be an effort. Um, yeah. uh, habits. Um, do you know? Uh, I'd rather just sit down and watch TV because of you know wrecked from a a day. Do you know? Mm. I I think there's. I, I think there's probably... I don't really know how to answer why I don't do it. It sounds so obvious when I'm sitting here talking. I'll oh, just get on with it then. If you have a sense of doing something, get mm. on with it. But actually, I think there's a... I hold in my mind this image of the perfect Joe. And, you know, he's great. He's just, you know, like, man, so good. Yeah. I mean, I, in my mind, I am a bit of a legend for God. You know, it's incredible. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know... The reality is somewhat more disappointing, sad yes. to say. And it's like, how do you marry these two up?
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, I, obviously that's true of all of us, isn't it? Yeah, I know. But May, Maybe the, maybe this is something where we can slightly row back on what we were saying earlier. And then we can look at the examples of um, Celtic monks, particularly. Mm. So you can look at specific examples. And one of the things we do know about them is they were it was communal. Mm. Um, so you do know, live in community, and community gives you structure and discipline and all that kind mm. of stuff to, to 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 live this heavily ascetic and difficult life. Mm. Um, and so I think per- firstly, there's the role of community. There's a the role for us to help one mm. another do the right thing. Um, and secondly, it's, uh, you know John Philip Neal talking a lot about Pelagius. You have agency. You do have agency. What stops you is you don't, our own inactivity, our own, um, you know, we're not just puppets in that, in that sense. We're not just sort of at the whim of everything else. We can, in fact, do mm. stuff. Um, mm. And I think that's I think that's the, the biggest thing. I think for me it's always community. It's like can I live with a, and, and work among people who are going to inspire me to be more Christ-like? How do I do that? Really, because mm. if it was left for me, I wouldn't. I wouldn't do it. Um, so maybe it's sharing those 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 things and saying yeah. you know I really need to do that and becoming accountable. I mean there's, that's the thing. The Celtic monastic model is heavily accountable, um, yeah. <laughs> punishing, literally punishingly yeah. accountable. And so yeah, you wouldn't sure. really want
1: to go there, but you want no, to no exactly. Into, and I, I'm I'm hearing that email we read out a few
0: episodes yeah, ago yeah, from someone yeah. who'd
1: been involved in heavy shepherding, and it's like, yeah, oh, yeah. you know, exactly. That's,
0: we, we don't want to. The wanna only s- person who should be disciplining yourself is you. Yeah, I think in that sense, but 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 nevertheless, I think we can help one another do that yeah. kind of stuff. Um yeah. and I I really did like that what he's saying about you know the the deep knowledge we 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 do know th- yeah. we know more than we give ourselves credit for
1: yes i, I yes i believe that i really do in fact i just feel like i'm discovering that to be true and when he wrote that down and everything it was just yeah why am i ashamed or afraid to say this you know i i do recognize truth yeah. i do know truth when i hear it and i know it when it comes from inside of me as well as when it comes externally so
0: and i, and I do i do think that was one of the really good things about the interview about the book is that the, the the idea that we, we actually know more than we give ourselves credit for. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, and we can recognise this truth. Um, and and we have the agency and power to act on it. And that's going to become so important as we go uh, forward with me. If we're going to make any changes in our life in light of all the news that's coming out about... The climate and all that kind of stuff
1: yes and i think sometimes we get caught up in that whole you know oh i'm such a sinner i don't do what i should do and you know i'm a worm and you know we're back on that Mm. whole discussion Mm. again what did you think about what you said about sin and as 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 you know sin is not living in harmony with what is deepest within um
0: well i think that's i think that's okay i mean again i had a problem with the it's the sources stuff you know because it's the, the the etymology of yeah. sin being to sunder yeah I don't know where that that comes from because I think sin's etymology is from the Latin uh, to sin basically you know and <laughs> okay. and you know the Greek word hamartia means missing the mark and all this all kinds of other yeah, yeah but I don't think that should the, the we know that sin is a separating thing and it's yeah. something that sunders us from what's true and real so I don't think that should undermine what he's saying it's just uh, you know that I kind of felt that um. Yeah. And I think it does. You've actually you've been in the past really helpful for, for me on, on, on understanding sin in a different way and not it's not like look, not looking at it so much about sort of failure and beating yourself up as yeah. as as something in yourself is trying to make life too easy for yourself, as it were, or something's yeah. trying to try trying to, trying to help you, but in a bad way.
1: Yeah. I mean, there's there's a lie that I'm falling for somewhere. I always yeah. remember I always remember Dallas Willard saying, you know, Satan only has one power. He's only got one trick and it's just to lie to deceive mm. and and when you've got that power you don't need any other power because you know deception is so powerful you know if, so for example if you can tell people that they're worthless if you can mm. and, and and in a way that they actually believe it you can actually you know destroy their life in the world you know you can destroy their sense of agency you can destroy their sense of they can do great things you can do, mm just by making them believe that they're actually useless or that God doesn't like them or that they're not favoured or, you know, whatever it is. So lying is immensely powerful. And actually, when you look in the Bible, you see, you know, when the Satan figure or the evil figure is depicted, it's always with lies. That's it. Mm. That's it. He's a a one trick pony is Satan. And I think that's very powerful, you know, because sin is therefore the lies we believe.
0: And it comes back to what you were saying earlier. What can counter that? The only thing that can counter the lies that we tell ourselves is other people telling us the truth mm. or, or us encountering the truth in some other way from outside, either in some encounter with yeah. God or encounter through other people. Yeah. So, you know, it's up to us to tell the truth to each other as well yeah. about things. Um, yeah. But, I, yeah, I quite like that. He, he said that. It was a really good quote about what what... What is deepest in us is of God, not opposed to God, which is about yeah. the original sin thing. Yeah, yeah. And and I do think that's exactly right. You know, th- although I have a lot of questions about the methodology and the historicity and all this kind of stuff of the way yeah. he, you know the things he says about Pelagius, which I, I just don't don't yeah, recognise yeah. from a historical account we have really got to challenge back on this doctrine of original sin. Yeah. You know, and we have really got to push back on and into or push into a post reformation kind of Christianity that actually maybe yeah. questions yeah. this kind of thing. Yeah. Um, so yeah. I think that's exactly right.
1: Yeah. Well, I, I love how you're talking and, you know, I love this idea of a new theology and a new, and I, you know, we've talked with Dave Steele, didn't we, about a, a new reformation of the church. Mm. And, you know, that's, that goes hand in hand with, I think with a, uh, with a new theology and, you know if we're afraid to call it new then you know perhaps we sometimes end up calling it ancient and you know making links we shouldn't make but is there anything else you want to say from the books i'm conscious of time and i want to get on with yeah, the sure. feedback but is there any any anything else you wanted to pick up with i've got one more statement how about you
0: well, well no, i'm you you go with your stuff i think i've spoken enough you okay go with well your i i
1: just i just think a really important little line um but it is actually a massive part of what the Book is about is to love heaven is to cherish the earth and the sacred interrelationship of all things, and I think my goodness, you know, given the news and given where we're at as a species and a planet and everything, you know that you know and whatever a new theology and a new form of church looks like, it's got to be one that 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 gets this that we are here mm. to cherish and and care for the earth and the sacred interrelationship of all things so. Okay, I can, you know, this is one of the reasons I can never imagine myself going back into a sort of institutional setting where that is not talked about. Like where other far less important things are seen as the big things. I I don't want to, I don't want to throw babies out with bathwater here, but, uh, or things, as you would call them, out with the (laughs) bathwater. But, 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 um, do you know, I, I, I do think. We've got to some somehow establish a list of priorities, and you know this planet and its care needs to come fairly near the top now, and and that needs to move very firmly to into the agenda.
0: Yeah, and I and I think it's not just about the the preservation; it's it's about the beauty as well, and it's about mm. the experience and all that kind of stuff. And and it's an example of how we know things now about nature that no previous generations have known. Yeah. You know things about the cosmos that no previous generations have known. So that's why it's always got to be a new theology, because it's got new knowledge informing yes, it. Yes, exactly.
1: Yeah. Well, yes. I mean, I feel like there are others who would decry that and shudder and new theology. We can't have new theology. Well, but
0: I. Well, just isn't that interesting? Agree. Yes, you see, because I was just thinking that. That's the thing. The hmm. way we use the past, we weaponize it. Yes. You know, to either win our argument or to decry somebody else's argument. And. It, You know, an ancient sort of Christian has very, very little to say to us in some ways about the environment because they didn't have the same issues that we're facing Mm. to them. It was totally different relationship. Mm. Um, They're going to have some stuff, but, you know, the idea that we shouldn't be talking about it because they didn't talk about it. Or, yeah. you know, or we should be talking about it in a certain way because we yeah. think they talked about it. So it doesn't yeah, really. we, we, We've got to have confidence I agree. and we've got to and, address and, it.
1: And if I may say so, isn't that the problem with the Bible not being much, much, much longer? Because it doesn't talk about everything <laughs> that there is to talk about.
0: <laughs> that that and, is the problem.
1: And so, you know, those people that require a Bible verse to justify all their actions uh, are going to, you know, perhaps...
0: A bit well I, I think the good thing about the bible is you can always find a bible verse to justify things, really. <laughs> you, can, yes. you just search hard enough and use a different translation if you need to <laughs> thank you it's always going to be there you're listening to preaching tips with nick page listen we should we should move we, on to the feedback well
1: the thing is we finished talking about creation and beauty and stuff and so um You know, I put out this kind of desperate plea for help with how we deal with news. And uh, a couple of people wrote in. David wrote in lots of helpful thoughts, it has to say. And I'm not going to read the whole email because that would be three shows. But uh, he says, two years ago, I came back from holiday in glorious mid Wales and read about Extinction Rebellion XR. Uh, as it's known, protesting in London. A bit more reading quickly opened my eyes to how terrible the climate crisis may be. As I read, I really didn't cope well with it and felt very low and ended up in a not very good place. I'm doing much better now, though. And these are the things that I found helpful. Uh, First, And he talked about looking for positive news. And then taking positive action. And he says, I did join the local XR group, went to a few meetings, etc. It was OK for a while, but I've since left as I don't agree with everything they stand for. Other environmental groups locally came to my attention, which were much more positive and are much better at engaging the local community and environmental issues. As your mate Richard Raw says, the best criticism of the bad is the practice of the better. Nice one, David. He says, I believe this is true. And so I've begun trying to practice the best.'" I live by the sea in West Wales, so started beach cleaning and growing trees. I realised it feels good to take positive steps towards improving the environment instead of demonstrating in the streets and shouting angrily at others to fix it. Certainly lifted my mood. And uh, lots of other good stuff, including thinking about what our pensions and money is invested in. And he finished by uh, uh, finally (laughs) recommending alcohol. But I did love one of the... um, uh, 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 email links he put sorry website links he put up and um and it is a, a, a sort of positive news category on the environment oh, okay. and i looked it up oh, and yeah. it was really good and we put it in the show notes so that's okay, news forward slash category forward slash environment and i looked that up and it is actually you know just some good news about what's going on in the world so oh, that's good
0: yeah um i ought to say actually because uh, occasionally i get people writing and saying where are these show notes yes we you talk do about yes so i'll do a quick public service announcement so you can find them on the website where there's a web page for each episode or if you use a podcast app normally you'll find the links in the show notes there that a lot of podcast apps have the ability to sort of show you the notes as well yeah. and you can do that but you can always find them on the website yeah. so that's good yeah I, I i really like that um i was listening to some uh Things by uh, songs by a guy called Harry Chapin. Do you remember Harry Chapin? He did the Cats in the Cradle and all oh, right. he? And he was seventies, okay. an amazing man, who a songwriter who just uh, uh, he did every other concert he did for charity. So he did really? one concert for himself, and then he'd do a gig for charity, and he gave away millions. And his wow. mantra was, "If in doubt, do something," That's which brilliant. I think is
1: yeah, really, it's really good. <laughs> that's really yeah. well. That's that. I mean, talk about you know power and getting on with yeah. stuff. Yeah, that's yeah. really good. And then we had another letter from Matthew, not Matt. And he's quite insistent on that. I don't know whether I'd called him Matt or whether he just felt the need to tell me that he wasn't Matt.
0: No, he uh, was. uh, Yeah, he seems very insistent on it, doesn't he?
1: Anyway, it was it was very good. And he did give us permission to uh, to edit his email. So um, we should do that, Matthew, not Matt. And uh, he said this, my wife and I have similarly struggling with the news in recent times. She got hooked on the daily COVID news, which would often feature a breaking news banner, which would usually be some minor thing. But it's somehow felt important to read. And I was just so flipping miserable with it all. It says we were reading two books together, The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry by John Mark Comer, uh, which spoke to our inmost beings about this sort of thing. And then something which gave us some practical help how to make the world add up by the economist tim harford and tim harford says how you can get a false impression of the world from the daily news cycle and he explores it in some detail but essentially highlights that the news is usually surprising and or shocking for something to be surprising or shocking over an hour-long news cycle, the news typically has to be bad, as good news often takes time to develop. And then Matthew, not Matt, says he talks about how it takes, if you take the long view, then the news might look very different, even if you switch uh, to a weekly news. And then he said, "So my wife and I have switched to reading a weekly newspaper as much as we can. It comes with a phone app where you can listen to the stories." Uh, and it includes a tiny daily news section which takes less than five minutes to read and covers significant world events, not just local to the UK. And he says the daily news means we don't find ourselves entirely out of touch with major events like flooding or assassinations. He says, ironically, my friends who are more engaged with the news were quite surprised to learn that the president of Haiti had been assassinated.
0: Well, you um, really don't want to miss out on news of assassinations. That's no, you news, don't. No, that's, that's that's that's, None a, of us. that's Never mind very... the sport. I always look at the assassinations news. <laughs> assassination news yeah so he says and then for
1: the rest we read something which has been written with that longer view he says it allows us not to disengage entirely without sharing in nick's waking up to arguing on the today program uh, that we would have had he says hope that's useful keep up the good work with the podcast matthew
0: not matt well thank you matthew not matt perhaps yeah. that's his surname perhaps he's perhaps it's called matthew not matt perhaps that is anyway uh, yeah, no, that's that's uh, two really good ideas. First, there, firstly, do some stuff. Yeah, you know, and do some good stuff, and secondly, mm. maybe take a longer view. And I think uh, looking at it, he he's talking about the Economist as the news thing that he looks yeah. at. But he said, you know, other 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 ones are available, well, I I, really.
1: I I read the week, and it's, do you? it's in our loo, and we read it over a week. Yeah, and that so. is worth it there's 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 a few loo habits for you listeners Sorry. thank you you didn't ask for it but i volunteered it anyway <laughs>
0: yeah and let's hope that's the last of those habits we ever hear about from your corner um there's another one actually if you want even longer view the claire and i used to get a, a magazine called uh delayed gratification which really? uh, actually is like it takes a, a quarterly i think or monthly look back at things as well so that's quite good But But I think it's a couple of really good ideas.
1: It is a good idea because it does take the sort of alarmist section out of it. And uh, I think that's good. So thank you very much, Matthew, not Matt. And thank you, David, for writing this in. And if you're sitting there at home thinking I've got some ideas how people can filter the news so they feel less depressed, then what's stopping you writing in to joe at midfaithcrisis.org? Because I would love to hear from you and share it with other people who are struggling with this kind of thing.
0: Mm. Yeah. So, well, thank you very much for listening. Yes. Uh, thanks to everyone who supports the show. That's that's really kind of you. Um, and uh, yeah, we'll be back in uh, a week's time, I guess. Yes,
1: we will. With maybe a live bit from my garden. I'm just holding on to that possibility.
0: Okay. All right. We'll we're, 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 we're some some location recording. Yes, perhaps. indeed. Yes, there's the that, word. That always goes badly, though, doesn't it? <laughs> no. Just...
1: It'll be good. come on
0: (laughs) let's remain hopeful anyway we'll see you next week everyone
1: yes friends remain hopeful and uh, always and bless you and thank you for listening